Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Missourian Pick and Roll podcast. My name is Reed Catellis, and I'm joined again by my partners, David Sack and Connor Worley, in the bowels of the Columbia Missourian. You are listening to episode 11, and we will again be breaking down a surprisingly positive past week of Mizzou hoops. And then we'll go ahead and preview the final regular season game on Saturday and then take a brief look at the SEC tournament next week. Uh, let's get this started with our, with our soundbite of the week. Uh, our soundbite comes from South Carolina head coach Frank Martin, who talked about Kevin Perrier after Missouri's win over the Gamecocks on Saturday. I was real happy for him. He's an unbelievable competitor. Uh, obviously, I know he's a Kansas City kid, and you know, I'm sure he's got his whole family here every time he plays. Uh, he loves playing against us in this building, I'll say that. And every time we come here, he usually plays his tail off tail off against us. Uh, but uh, uh, he, he's, he's one of those kids that I've, I've – obviously, he came here, and they weren't very good, and he worked his tail off. And yeah, so that was Frank Martin, who had some kind, some kind words about the Kansas City product. Uh, now on to our trivia question, which, which is about uh, senior Adam Wolf, who will play his last home game as a Tiger this Saturday. Wolf is somewhat known for his three-point shooting. Our question is, does Adam Wolf have over over or under nine threes in his Mizzou career? So think about that, and we'll return to that later. Let's just go ahead and uh, go over the past week. Missouri soundly defeated South Carolina 78-63 at home on Saturday, which ended a four-game losing streak. And then the Tigers thoroughly demolished Georgia 64 to 39 in Athens on Wednesday. This is the first time Missouri has won two straight games since December when it went nine and zero. What did you guys see? Oh well, I think first and foremost, I saw a lot of defense from the Tigers uh, over these two games. A good defensive effort on Saturday against South Carolina, and then a great defensive effort on Wednesday against Georgia. I mean, you know, Georgia by no means is a, a great team, but you know, to hold any SEC basketball team to 25.5% shooting from the field, 13 field goals for the entire game. God. You know, I mean, it was a good defensive effort from the Tigers. They were aided some from some bad offense from Georgia, right. but still very good. And for me, I think, and we'll, you guys probably agree on this, is Torrance Watson was like the, the big player. Yeah. I know we're going to talk about him a little bit more in depth later, but he had so many huge plays against South Carolina, like two big threes, two big and one drives to the rim. And then he comes back Wednesday and has 17 points. I mean, it's certainly he's transformed from the guy he was earlier this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wednesday was kind of crazy because, I mean, on Saturday in the South Carolina win, that saw Kevin Perrier score a season-high 18 points. And that was really coming. <clears throat> that was a really big coming-out party for him because he had really been struggling in SEC play. And after that, he was then held out of the starting lineup in favor of Mitchell Smith against Georgia. That that ended up working because Missouri got the win, but that was kind of a curious decision. Yeah, uh, it was a curious decision, but it certainly worked out. I think Conzo got what he was looking for out of that. I mean, he was looking for someone to get a little more height defensively mm-hmm. and with re- and to help with rebounding. And, I mean, Mitchell Smith certainly did that. I mean, 11 rebounds, and he helped contain Georgia's leading scorer, Nick Claxton, to uh, nine points, mm-hmm. averages 13.2 points per game. So, uh, you know, I think that's what Konza was looking for. And the last thing I want to note about that, also, you know, Yes, Mitchell Smith started, but Kevin Purrier did play 24 minutes to Mitchell Smith's 17. So even though Smith started and set the tone for Conzo, Purrier still did play more minutes than him. Yeah, like you said, David, I think this was just entirely a matchup decision. Mm -hmm. I think 
Purdy will be right back in the starting lineup uh, Saturday and definitely for the SEC tournament. I think probably for matchup reasons and probably just wanted to give Mitchell some extra time and see how he could do against a, an inferior opponent. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of a that's kind of a thing that bode that bodes well for Missouri in the future. That Conzo is always looking at these matchups. He's never going to be complacent just because a, a guy scored eighteen points. He's always going to be looking for the advantage. Now Missouri is fourteen and fifteen, five and twelve in the SEC, and the Tigers now quietly have a chance to finish this season at or above five hundred, and also a chance at the eleventh seed in the SEC tournament if they're able to get some help from Texas A&M. It's likely they're going to play Georgia or Vandy in the first round of that SEC tournament, which is probably the game they're going to win. Um, but we're, we're gonna, we'll talk about that more later. But <clears throat> how do these two wins over the past week kind of change your outlook on Missouri? Uh, well, I'd say out of the three of us, I've been the biggest pessimist for this team. Uh, so... I don't know. I don't know if it changes much. It certainly uh, gives a little bit of momentum for the beginning of next season. And I mean, they still can finish the season at 500, which is better than finishing it with a losing record. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think really all the positivity of these last few games goes for next year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I agree. Most of it, you know, is a good look for next year. I mean, like we'll talk about, you know, Torrance Watson has really come along over these past few games. But, you know, look, um, I mean, Missouri likely needs 17 wins to make the NIT. They're at 14. You know, I mean, just when we thought we were away (laughs) from this, you know, I still don't think it's likely that they win three more games this year. I mean, they would obviously have to beat Ole Miss on Saturday and then two SEC tournament games, one of which I do expect them to win. But then that second game, you know, that, 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 that second round game, I'm not so sure about. But, you know, the possibility is still there. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to our stud and dud from the past week. As we as we kind of just said, Torrance Watson has been killing it, and he's going to be our stud. Torrance Watson scored 20 points in the South Carolina game and 17 points in the Georgia game. Um, over the past three games, he has scored a combined 49 points, and he's really emerged as a really good go-to scoring option for Missouri, and he's really kind of butting into the offensive player that all, like all the fans and analysts kind of knew he could become after what he did in high school. Yeah, and I think really maybe we should have seen this coming because throughout the year, every time someone would ask a question to Conzo in the postgame, like, uh, is Torrance's confidence go dipping because he's missing all these shots? Why are you still like letting him shoot? And Conzo would always just say, I'm just shoot or shoot. I'm going to let him keep shooting yeah. and not do anything to hurt his confidence. And it's paying dividends. Which is now. the right thing to do. Absolutely. You know, look, it was Class 3 Missouri High School basketball. But we are talking about a guy who scored 2,755 points in his high school career. I mean, that is not easy to do. The man can score the basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's growing up. Um, we're seeing him get better. He's getting more confident with his three-point shot. I still want to see him drive a little bit more. I mean, in the Georgia game, you know, he took 12 shots from the field and 10 of them were threes. Mm-hmm. I just think that his three-point shot could be so much more dangerous if he, if he would offset it just a little more right. with some slashing so that defenders yeah. would have to respect that a little more. Yeah, and that was kind of the thing with Mark Smith is, is, is if, he, if he just found a way to drive more, that would create more open shots for him. And it's kind of the same deal with Torrance. If he's going to drive more, that'll, again, create more, more open shots for him. But if he's shooting from three like he has the past two games, that's not really a pressing issue because he went – Four of nine from three on Saturday, and then five of ten from three on Wednesday. That's almost a fifty percent clip, and that's really efficient. And that's 
really important for a Missouri team that really is desperate for offense every game. Yeah, I mean, and we saw it with Torrance like on uh, last Saturday against South Carolina. Like what Conzo's been saying about opening up the driving game is like paid off because Torrance had those two and one baskets when he drove to the lane early in the second half, and then late in the second half when the Gamecocks were mounting a comeback. Torrance's defender played off him a little bit, expecting maybe a drive, and he was able to step up and hit two crucial threes. Okay, on to our dud. Our dud of the week is going to be just Georgia because of how horrible they were on Wednesday. And this is not a good team. It's still a team very much in the first and in, in the early stages of a rebuild. Uh, and we, we've talked about this before. Before we have no doubt that Tom Crean can has the ability to build this into a good program, but. Wednesday was really bad. The Bulldogs literally had 14 points at halftime against the Tigers and scored 39, 39, 39 points as a whole on the game, which is credit to Mizzou for playing good defense. They really have been a good defensive team all year, but that is just something else. Yeah, I mean, the good news that comes out of it is, you know, for anyone out there who's having trouble sleeping at night, you know, you throw on some tape of George's running their offense, you will fall asleep. I mean, <laughs> I was covering the game on Wednesday, and I almost fell asleep. So, I mean, <laughs> believe me, you know, if you're having trouble falling asleep, I'm telling you. I don't really know what else to say about those guys. <laughs> it's amazing that a team who's this late in the season, their uh, leading scorer in a game has nine points, and they're not last in the conference. Like, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> well, you know, you got Vanderbilt in there. I mean – the Vanderbilt Commodores are on the verge of becoming the first team to go through the SEC winless since, is it 1964 to 65 when Georgia Tech did it? I, I put this in one of my stories. Yeah. I forget the exact year. I, I long was, time ago. It's been a long time, yes. I mean, <clears throat> boy, I, I, I got to say, you know, I'm not buying – there was a lot of talk before the year about Vanderbilt. I guess now we're talking about Vanderbilt. There was, there was a lot of talk before. Time. There was a lot of talk before the year about how with Darius Garland, this mm-hmm. might be an NCAA tournament Sleeper. team. I mean, I'm not buying that he makes this much of a difference unless no. he's a generational player. I don't know. Right. Vandy might be playing the long con. You lose all your SEC uh, conference games, and then you sweep the SEC tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold strategy, well, but it might pay off. Well, just to divert our attention away from that take, uh, I mean Georgia. Georgia's not a. I mean, on the, on the season as a whole, that's not a. It's not a horrible offensive team. It, Missouri is last in the conference in scoring at sixty six point nine points per game. Georgia is ninth at seventy two point two. So to score thirty nine points in a game is pretty unexpected. Yeah, I mean, they had a bad night, first and foremost, and that's before Missouri's defense, which played well, but Georgia had a bad night. Good shots weren't going in. But then also, I mean, obviously, not far behind. The second contributing factor is, you know, Missouri's defense played very, very well. Mm. And, I mean, another just crazy stat to think about is they had 20 rebounds in the entire game. Like, that's really surprising that a team... Right. Yeah, especially... When, you know, it's not like, you know, Missouri was putting, they were missing shots. There were rebounds yeah. for Georgia to get. Missouri didn't have an unbelievable offensive game. They shot 46%. Yeah. Nearly. 28% from three. Right. So there were, there were, sh- there were rebounds to be had, but, you know, Missouri had, I mean, what was it? How many offensive rebounds was it? Oh, wait, here we go. 16 offensive <laughs> rebounds from Missouri. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that. That's a lot of missed shots that Georgia yeah. did not find a way to corral. 
Yeah, Missouri wasn't great on offense on Wednesday night. They, again, shot 46% from the field, 26, 28% from three. They also went 4 of 12 from the free throw line, good for a 33% clip, which is just horrendous. And they were still able to beat Georgia by 25 points. Uh, yeah. And they were still able to beat Georgia by 25 points. So, I don't know. It was a, it was, regardless of how bad Georgia is, that was an impressive win. And that'll really – the fact that it was in Athens will bode well for their net rankings and maybe for their chances at making the, the NIT. Let's go ahead and <clears throat> take a look over the next week. Uh, somehow this season is coming to a close. It feels like that season opening win over Central Arkansas was like a month ago. Missouri returns home Saturday for senior night versus Ole Miss, a team that a team the Tigers lost to on February 16th uh, by 10 points in Oxford. Um, this game has actual stakes. If, if Missouri wins and if Texas A&M loses to Mississippi State on the road Saturday, the Tigers will then slide into the 11th seed. And Ole Miss is a better team than Missouri, but it's a home game. It's very much a winnable game for Missouri if they play well. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, Ken Pomeroy projects Missouri to win this game by a point. So clearly, I mean, the Tigers have more than a chance in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, it, like you said, Reed, it's a, it's a big game to see if they can move up into that 11 seed. I mean, look, I, I think they're they're in a good position in the first round of the SEC tournament, no matter whether they play Georgia or Vanderbilt, just based on what they just did to yeah. Georgia. But for that second round game, it, it, would, it would help a lot for them to get to play the six seed instead of the five. Yeah, I still think Ole Miss will be a very stout opponent. They're coming off three straight yeah. losses. With each one, it was like less than five points. Mm-hmm. So I really came to t- uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, too. That's true. The, the two top teams in the conference. But mm-hmm. I think for them, they're going to come into Missouri, you know, like trying to get back on track for next week. So it's going to be, I think, a very tough battle both with both teams trying to prove something. Mm. Yeah, and, and we can – you know, obviously this game has these implications for Missouri that we, you know, focus on. But no doubt, I mean, Ole Miss has more to play for. This is a team that's looking to make a, a run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah, Ole Miss has a lot to play for, too. They're currently tied for Mississippi State in that in that six-seed area. Uh, they're both 9-8 and eight in the conference. So if Ole Miss wins and Mississippi State loses, that'll lock Ole Miss into that six-seed. So really, we're just talking about seeding here. Both teams have things to play for. Um, but it'll, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a competitive game, I think. So after the Ole Miss game comes the S- SEC tournament beginning Wednesday in Nashville, Tennessee, where the three of us will be providing coverage for you all. Again, it'll, it'll likely be Georgia or Vanderbilt that'll be playing. And Missouri will be, let's just be honest, they'll, they'll be favored in e- if they play e- either of those teams. No question. But right, it, it, it's just a matter of if they win that game, they'll play either the six seed or the five seed. And that, right. that could have some real implications. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I think we all expect them to win their Wednesday matchup, no matter yeah. who they play. But I think the real surprise is going to be if they win against that five or six seed team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't want to look ahead uh, and look over any opponent, especially in, when it's like in a tournament style right. setup. But I guess for me, I'm more focused on, on who they're going to play Thursday. Right. Yeah. An interesting development on that is Missouri could be in for a break. I mean, generally you're, you're you know, you're playing a team seated five, three um, in that next round. And, and this conference this year, that figures to be a good team. I mean, most people project this conference to send eight teams to the tournament, but you have South Carolina up there right. who is a team that Missouri just beat by 15. Yes, they were at home, but they beat them by 15. I mean, Missouri looks just as good as South Carolina right now, if not better 
So, look, right now South Carolina is tied with Auburn for fourth place, and they've got the tiebreaker over Auburn. I mean, there's a lot of math involved. There's a lot of possibilities. I mean, South Carolina could end up in a lot of places, but if you're a Missouri fan, you are really hoping for that matchup. You're hoping that South Carolina will be either the five or the six seed. Yeah. Yeah, South Carolina, as you said, is tied for fourth place in the conference, but they really don't deserve to be there. They're... <laughs> They're 15 and 15 on the year, uh, four and eight on the road. They're ranked 81st on net. And that is actually eight slots below Missouri. So net thinks Missouri is a better team. Missouri possibly showed they're a better team when they beat South Carolina by 15 points on Saturday. Missouri's, if Missouri's lucky enough to win that first game and then, and then, and then they, they could get lucky enough to face South, South Carolina in that second round, that would really be huge. And we could be looking at a season where Missouri somehow finishes in the green and in over 500. Yeah, though, even though they just beat uh, South Carolina by double digits, we can't discount it being on a neutral court right. and closer to South Carolina. Yeah. So that could sway things a little bit, though. I think Missouri will have a good chance if that matchup happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be a toss-up, I think. Yeah. And for, for whatever this is worth, um, Konzo is 0-1 and is – time in the SEC tournament lost to Georgia last season in the first round of that tournament um that was the game that Michael Porter Jr. tried to come back and play in and yes frankly did not work out and that kind of no that kind of changed everything for the worst for Missouri and then they went on to lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament so yeah I mean on that you know I'll never blame a guy for trying to come back I mean it was definitely a noble effort by Porter but I don't think there's much of a doubt that it hurt the team chemistry. I mean, just trying to implement him in it was rough. Yeah, for sure. And that's something this team has is just, I don't know if you, I don't know if it's fair to say this, but they have some stability. They know who's going to be there. I mean, they've had, they've had a lot of games to recuperate with Mark Smith out, you know? Yeah. I mean, they've, they have figured out a way to play without Mark Smith. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, it's a lot less, you know, a lot, you're focusing a lot more going inside with the right. exception of Torrance Watson. Yeah. I've done a lot. I'd be excited for the Georgia-Missouri revenge game. Right. Tournament. <laughs> I will tell you this about that. You know, Tom Crean has questioned these guys. You just lost these guys by 25 points on your home floor on senior night. If Tom Crean can't get these guys amped up for a rematch, mm-hmm. then there is a problem in the Georgia locker room. Right. Why would you want to get amped up for a guy that pub- that publicly questions you? <laughs> Again, things might be bad this year, but things could be a lot worse. Misery fans. You know, I saw a great quote about that that I got to share. I was reading an article about Dan Dockage in The Athletic. Uh-huh. And uh, someone, you know, they were talking to Dockage in the article about that whole thing with Crean. And apparently uh, one of the players' mothers was upset uh, with Crean's comments. Right. And Dockage said something along the lines of, in coaching – there's three people you can't care about. Mommies, daddies, and girlfriends. <laughs> I thought that was a, a good one. <clears throat> That's good. Yeah, just kind of a random note. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Jeff Goodman for the stadium wrote a story about like the 10 worst college basketball coaching hires over like the past generation. Not like I don't know when the time was, but number one was Kim Anderson from Missouri. So that was wow. I, you know, can't argue with yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I, it didn't go well. No, it did not. Now Kim Anderson is over at Pitt State. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's back uh, where he belongs, and I honestly don't mean that. <laughs> I don't mean that, you know, disrespectfully. I mean this guy is a, na- a Division two national champion. He right. did it at Central Missouri, and he's back in the same conference, the uh, MIAA. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he can build something over there and 
Pittsburgh, Kansas. Better, better yeah. him than me to be in Pittsburgh, Kansas. My father's on the matter, actually. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, I'm pretty That's sure he, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even know who Cam Anderson is. So okay, let's go ahead and move on to our trivia question. Uh, we asked whether Adam Wolf has made over or under nine threes in his Mizzou career. The answer is over. He made. He has made ten in his career. Hopefully that becomes 11 or 12 on Saturday against Ole Miss. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Look forward to our coverage of the Ole Miss game and the SEC tournament next week. As always, thank you for listening, and we will be back next week.